Hey everybody, Taylor here. Thank you so much for listening to Stories and Lies. We hope you're enjoying the show. If you'd like to support the show, please tell someone you know about it and share a link with them. Tell them what you think about it. If you want to support us financially so that we can continue to improve our production and pay for ongoing costs like hosting and editing, we have a Patreon set up. It's at patreon.com slash stories and lies. We've been releasing written background vignettes for each of our characters to our patrons and have plans for much, much more. If you want to play or run Delta Green, there's a fantastic resource called The Need to Know, a basic rule set available for free on our Patreon or on DriveThruRPG. Links, as always, in the show notes. Remember to check back every Monday for new episodes as we ride our first arc into the plummeting depths of conspiracy and intrigue. Hold on tight, because it's about to get wild. All right, please enjoy episode eight, Echoing Lies. The nation mostly clean, but they're coming after me. I don't know who they are. But you gotta take this along. The implications. Wait a second. Hold on. You can't be serious. Are you trying to tell me that when Willow was in interviewing the mother of the missing girl in her kitchen? And uh, let's not forget, Miss Balfour had been acting a perfectly nice hostess. I, I tell you, Wayne, it's a lost art being a good hostess. That's just, uh, I, uh, I, I'm at a loss for words here. This woman's daughter been kidnapped. Her and her husband have been repeatedly scrutinized by law enforcement, repeatedly searched, her kid taken away by CPS for no reason, and now she's being told that her husband must have been traveling to Africa to have an affair in the midst of this terrible tragedy? That's the way I heard it, too. Now, now Willow, she just kept eating them cheese and crackers while she's saying it. Like, like what she's saying is just absolutely obvious, plain as day. That's really not how you get people to tell you the truth. Is that so? You think she was telling the truth? Probably. Uh, mostly. But at least she was talking, answering questions. Uh, besides... You catch more flies with honey, my mom uh, used to say. You ever catch any flies with honey, son? I mean, like, like leave a jar out in the open, come back, find a bunch of flies stuck in it? Me neither. You want to catch flies, you catch them with a swatter. Well, that's not really catching. And we weren't really looking to catch any flies here. We aren't really in the fly-catching sort of business. Yeah, but they're all federal officers. You're a judge. And maybe you shouldn't legally be involved in this investigation. Maybe none of you should. But I find it hard to believe that these agents wouldn't be out to set things right. Find the girl. Catch the bad guy. Save the... day. Jacob? Got your word there, didn't I? <laughs> yeah, you did. Well good. I think it's only fair of me to warn you right now, son, that this story may not turn out the way you'd expect it to. You see, my agents, they didn't always do things the way that you might find kind. They tell me all your stories, all the little worries you They tell me what the world needs, what to say, who to please, where my loyalties. 
So the three of you are in this small kitchen in the Balfour residence, uh, sitting across from Sarah, who's staring um, with a very disapproving look up at Willow, who doesn't seem to be that concerned about the look that she is getting from Mrs. Balfour. And there's a long, awkward silence um, that is broken by some noise outside in the living room. And that Sarah stops looking at, at Willow, looks to the kitchen door, um, stands up, smooths her dress kind of reflexively, uh, and then without a word, leaves the kitchen. You hear some conversation from the living room. There's some a little bit of a polite chatter, you know, and and thanks. And that was that was wonderful. Then you hear the voice that you recognize of John Balfour talking to someone else about anything we can do to help. You know, please, uh, we'll, you know, I'll, I'm available. 24-7, we just want to get our daughter. The conversation goes back and forth about their daughter as the three of you are by yourself in the kitchen. Anything you want to do? Grab another cracker. Flip, flip through that Bible a little more. Fred and, uh, stands up and... Um, sorry, you said you said John is entering the room? You hear his voice in the living room. Mm. He's not in the kitchen. And as Dorothy looks through the Bible, it looks like a standard... King James Bible. There are some portions that have been highlighted. Okay. Um, you know, and it's parts underlined. But other than that, um, it's been thumbed through a lot. Some of the pages uh, are dog-eared in the corners. Uh, uh, the only thing that you notice in your brief review that's been excised is that one verse. Otherwise, it looks like a standard, very, very much used King James version of the Bible. Okay, gotcha. It's the Bible a preacher studies in, huh? It actually, um, it, actually, I think Dorothy might know this, uh, but but preachers in the ministry tend to have a different Bible, which has got a lot of these annotations. Oh, sure. In it. Okay. This is a a parishioner's a a person's that you'd buy from the bookstore, or the Bible store, whatever. Basic Bible is what you got. Regular Bible. Okay. Regular, yeah. All right. Yeah, she would put it down after finding that it's not like annotated with sticky notes or or writing in the margins or other things crossed out. She's not interested in highlights. What do you want to do at this point? I think Fred would stand up and and go uh, towards uh, Mr. Balfour. So Fred, as you exit the kitchen, you go back in the living room. Uh, There in the living room, you see Mr. Balfour. I mean, a little bit smaller than you, kind of thin, unassuming man um, you saw Mm -hmm. yesterday. So, and he looks to be dressed pretty much the same. Only difference is that his hair looks be in in good shape and he's got some makeup on. You can clearly see it. It's the, 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 um, the tannish stuff that's on his face that they, they might use for a television recording. So it kind of keeps the Mm -hmm. glare down. So he's got that. He he looks, otherwise it looks like a simple, usual dress, nothing different about him. He's talking to a person Who's, uh, it's a woman uh, reporter who's dressed very nicely, uh, very tastefully for the evening news. Uh, who and there's, and there's another camera person with her. There's the tech guy, audio guy there. Uh, still sitting in the corner is that sheriff who hasn't done anything or gone anywhere, but he's still here. And they're just having a, a quaint little small talk conversation in the living room as you enter. No, I, I think he, he'd wait uh, for them to be... Um... 
to, to, to be done. Uh, but he definitely kind of plays himself to, you know, indicate that he, he wants to talk. After Fred leaves, um, Dorothy would turn to Willow with just like super wide eyes and like smiling and suppressing a laugh and kind of just like looking at her. And does, does she respond or react in any way to that? To like, uh, okay, she she would try not to smile, but maybe smile a little bit and be like, it's just easier to deal in facts than munching crackers more. Like, Dorothy would kind of give her like a soft like punch on the shoulder. She just, yeah, damn human interaction and move on. Yep. <laughs> But definitely with fondness, like she wouldn't be sad. She'd just be like yeah. awkward about it. Willow kind of walks out of the, the kitchen into the doorway, like two crackers, eating a cracker and just kind of leans against the doorway and becomes part of the conversation. And Dorothy will come in as well after well, after Willow. It takes a few more moments. Um, and then she excuses herself, gives him a polite shake. She leaves and then the, the camera guy goes off into the office. And the audio guy starts coiling up some cables. And Miss and Reverend Balfour turns and like he's known you were there the entire time, smiles at you, uh, walks over, um, puts his hands behind his back and says, um, so you were that FBI agent I saw in the parking lot yesterday. Uh, you were Mr. Fontaine? That's right. Um, happy to see you again. As he offers his hand to shake, yeah, he he very politely and vigorously shakes your hand. I'm, I'm yep. really I'm really glad to see you here. Are you um, do you bring any news? Well, um, not that you don't know. I'm afraid, um, but rest assured, we're doing everything we can. Uh, we have a, a few loose ends we can pursue, uh, and. Police is doing everything they can as well. And what do you need from me? Oh, just to talk, really. Um, mainly to, talking about your church, uh, the people that go there. Uh, we had a lovely talk with your uh, your wife uh, on that subject, and on the, uh, we also spoke with a, a parishioner uh, back uh, at the church. So we figured it would be a good idea to come talk to the pastor. Well, um, my my home is yours. Is there, um, is there anything I can do? Uh, anything I can tell you? Um, please. What what do you need? Well, we need to talk about we kidnapping. Sometimes uh, the suspects can be closer than we think uh, to the family, to the friends. So, really, I'd just like to ask you if you know of any black sheep uh, in your church, so to speak, or, or things that stood out that maybe could point us in the right direction. I I, am, um, I think I know what you speak of. Um, last evening, I had a talk with some of the other elders in the church, and we were trying to um, brainstorm who it might possibly be. Uh, and I think we have a pretty good idea of a person of, in- person of interest, is what you would say, correct? Um, if, if you wouldn't mind, um, my office is a little bit crowded now, but it's, um, would you come with me? So if you walk back into the office, essentially it's, it's a 
It's a small bedroom converted into an office is what it is in the corner of the residence. You know, and there is a, a desk and there's a chair and there's two windows and there's a small cabinet, you know, the, what you would expect. Uh, there is a love seat um, and a small table, but there's not that much else and it's pretty crowded. And in the corner, uh, the camera guy's taking down the tri the camera off the tripod and he's, he's in the process of taking things apart. And then over by the desk, you see Mrs. Balfour's going through some of the, one of the file cabinets, like trying to gather, she's getting some records together, basically, as they walk in. And so he looks around and notices there's not a lot of space in here. He kind of shrugs a bit, he goes to his desk, excuse me, to his wife, looks on his desk, uh, grabs a piece of paper, wanders over back to you, and says, we, well, we were um, talking about who might be, uh, we had a lot of theories, as you might imagine, but there was one fella one person, um, former member of the church, uh, a Nowiski. Um, and then the, the news had on their broadcast a picture of the man from the Walmart. Um, they put his picture, uh, and that that was him. Which man? Oh, the, the one that took our daughter. Um, he used to go to our church uh, for, for several years. This Mr. Nowiski was was a member of our congregation. Now, he didn't look like that. He was in disguise. And Mr. Nowitzki, he didn't have... Uh, the, the red hair was a wig, obviously. But he, he had a sh short brown hair, um, um, late 50s. Um, I'm a regular-looking white fellow, um, good Christian man. Um, no complaints, but... Um, well, there was... A few weeks ago, there was a scene that we had... Um, he got into an argument with some of the elders um, during one of the services and um, made quite a scene, uh, left the church, never came back a couple weeks ago. What was that scene, if I can ask? I, um, at the time, I was, I was giving the sermon. I was behind the pulpit. I really was kind of... I'm sorry to say I was sort of lost in the moment, as, as one is when, when preaching the Holy Gospel. And, well, he said something. Someone in the audience responded to him. I don't recall what was said. Um, I just remember, I remember specifically, it interrupted the whole service. And he got up very quickly, um, very angrily, frankly, uh, to surprise everyone. Uh, this man suddenly became very, very fierce, I don't know, unpredictable. He stormed out of the church. Um, no no one followed him or nothing. And I asked the, some of the elders after the service about it, and they, they said that there was a some sort of personal beef between him and another member, and, and they said it wasn't a concern, to, they told me, um, not to worry about it. Um, and if he returned to the church, that they would speak to him about so we could, you know, work this out amongst the congregation. Uh, but Mr. Nowiski, he never returned to the church. And I I really don't know what it is about Regina, that why he would target her or my wife. Um, uh, he, he's, something's wrong with that man. Did, did you know him outside of the context of church? Did you know him as a neighbor? Oh, no, um... Well, he he was a member of the congregation um, at least three years going back. I, I see him occasionally. Um, we'd shake hands. Uh, there's 
couple times he'd we'd talk after church about you know the, the message the ministry the the sermon as i do with all of my parishioners um he seemed very interested um was a firm believer uh man of good character uh really i had nothing no reason to think there was anything wrong with him uh no uh red flags as he would say so um, I'm just very much alarmed. But the other members of the congregation pointed it out to me. I mean, we saw the news. They, they put his picture on the broadcast. Uh, th- that's Mr. Nowiski. Zach, I believe. Zach Nowiski. Uh, um, uh, did, does Dorothy remember from the ID that they had, the, the fake ID that George was carrying, did it say Zach Nowinski on it? Yeah, it, it did. Interesting. Okay. You said that uh, Mr. Nowitzki got into an argument with another member. Do you happen to know who that member is? Oh, yes. One of the, uh, the elders. Um, I don't remember exactly which. I could ask some of them. Um, uh, honestly, I don't think. I don't know if they're here or not. Um, a lot of the members of the church have been taking um, kind of taking different shifts, coming and going mm-hmm. at different times. We always want to have someone here. Um, they've been very supportive. Uh, uh, you know, my wife and I, we, this has been very difficult for us. So they've been here to help out. Um, so if you, if you'd like, um, when that man comes, I can just make sure that he could call your office or give a statement. I don't know how it helps, frankly, because Mr. I mean, Mr. Nowiski is, is dead. Do you know if Mr. Nowiski had any, uh, particularly close friends in the church? Um, frankly, I don't, I don't really recall. Um, okay. I know he was unmarried or at least he never brought his, he never brought anyone to church. Um, okay. goodness. He, he always came alone. I remember that. We have many members of our congregation that, that come to services alone, but uh, frankly, that's not the norm. Uh, most of our congregation, they bring their family. It's, that's, that's more what we see. So, but he was one of the unmarried members of the congregation. Um, I don't ever recall him bringing anyone, frankly. Um, but if he did, I would assume, well, I know they're looking for someone else. Yes? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So my congregation is doing whatever we can to see if we can find out who Mr. Nowiski's friends, neighbors, he must have had family. Uh, we're, right. we're also going to see if we can find him. Anyone who knows him. Okay. Now, I just want this to be very clear. Um, We are doing everything we can, and the police is doing everything they can, too. I understand you're eager to get your daughter back, and that the members of your church are eager to help. Please, don't make our job harder. You understand? Oh, you were at your service, so we, um, I, the people that go to my congregation, we, we are all local, everyone lives close, and they know everyone, um, so it's, and we have a lot of people that are willing to help and keep their eyes open, um, I think we could, we're a, they're a wonderful resource, as is the community here in the Houston greater area, uh, and the news people are doing a wonderful job to sp- spread the word, so everyone is keeping their eye out, if Regina well, we know she's out there, and I just pray to God someone will see her and will call in. Um, 
we've got a reward set up now. Um, it's pretty substantial, and we some people are contributing for information. So um, the more this gets out, uh, the better chance we have to find my daughter. Yes, that's very good. Is the sound guy done? Is he still in the office? Um, in the office is the camera guy, and he is he's, um, he has already taken this tripod out, but he's come back, and now he's finishing up with some cleanup. So he's mostly done. All right, let me know when he leaves the room again. Okay. Same here. At this point, Sarah gets up from the desk, and she puts several very thick files on top of the desk, right in your eyesight, and kind of gets, gets your it's eye contact with the three of you, kind of gives a glare towards Willow, and says, "These are the medical records you were asking about. Um, the doctors' names would be in here if you have to speak to her, any of her doctors. It's somewhere in here." Thank you very much, ma'am. It's greatly appreciated. So uh, Mrs. Balfour walks out of the office. If, uh, if if someone's got to hate any of us, I'm glad they hate Willow. <laughs> so, She's so used to it. Yep. She does, like, it's zero effect. It's just natural. Yeah. Now, uh, John, can I call you John? Oh, that's fine. Um, let's, yeah, go ahead. Good. Um, I do want to come back to what I was saying. You did mention that members of your church trying to obtain information on the family of Mr. Nowitzki and the likes, I would kindly ask you not to. Um, why? That's not your job. Well, I... My job is to find my daughter. It is. And any help, the, the vigil, the reward, that's above and beyond. It's very helpful. But I don't want you. You're a pastor. You, a well-loved pastor. I don't want members of your church to go ahead and make mistakes. It, it could I mean, be like, very dangerous. Well, yes. What kind of mistakes are you thinking? My 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 people would, if they happen to find a, a clue, they would just tell it to me, and I could, of course, tell it to any member of the law enforcement who is supposed to be trying to find my daughter. Could be an error in context, misunderstanding something, misinterpreting something. Well, respectfully, but we've had a lot of bad experiences with people from the government. Willow kind of leans down, like, intentionally being eye-level, and says... And I wouldn't want this to be another one of those. He uh, he meets Willow's look and kind of steals himself. Says, "My daughter's safety is all that matters to me." And they've you government types have searched my house, tore my house and property apart on numerous occasions, harassed my daughter. If 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 I think my parishioners can find her. I'm not going to tell them not to. Sir, if it's all the same to you, the three of us did not tear your house apart or harass you or do any of those things. Those were different people under different circumstances that we know nothing about except for what we've heard from you. 
And we, we sympathize and empathize with your situation. And we want to find Regina just as much as you do, or at, you know, at the very least close to it. Certainly we could, you know, couldn't feel that same sense of urgency that you feel being her parents, but as, as members of law enforcement and investigators, we are very invested personally in, in making sure that this is done right and is done fast. We, we understand the, the time scale with this and that there is a, a, a real sense of danger Ma'am, within I, it's you don't have to um, I know that y- you people have to follow the rules right yes and I know sometimes when you follow the rules it takes time to get the, the paperwork that you have to get to follow the rules right but it also prevents innocent people like yourself and your your congregation your community from accidentally getting hurt in the way of it We'll, we'll be fine. This man Nowitzki, and he took my daughter. He spent, for three years. He went to my church. He was under my roof in my congregation, listening to my sermons. He saw my daughter growing up, and he stole her from us, from all these people. And I don't know why, but if if you people can't find him, my people will. Willow returns to his level and says, "If he did that." He had a reason. And I trust his reasons more than yours. And she gives him the same look back. But Dorothy looks at Willow. And with kind of the look that I'm giving right now, just like... There's no visible reaction. Excellent. So there's a long, awkward pause here that is broken by the camera guy clearing his throat and tearing the rest of his gear out of the office. And the three of you, the four of you now, are alone in the small office as he looks between the three of you suspiciously. So Willow stands up and goes to, like, parade rest in front of the door, which Willow takes up the whole door. Quick question. Is is this a door that can be locked from the inside? It is, yeah. Fred just kind of nu- goes ahead, just kind of nudges uh, next to Willow, locks the door, and it leans on the wall, crosses his arms. So Dorothy sees this stuff happening and is like, okay, I'll play along. <laughs> like, doesn't She doesn't say anything, she just starts to look intimidating. John. Wait, 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 you have to describe Dorothy looking intimidating so she's she's folding her arms and she's kind of you know leaning back and giving a very stern look with a with you know kind of a flat frown going on but she's still cute oh she looks fabulous <laughs> red just kind of gets up and there's like a tons of papers and stuff around in the room right yeah he just kind of walks around like in the, around the room completely disregarding you know personal bubble or personal mm-hmm. space rather just gonna grab stinks and looks at them let's be honest here john you're full of shit what yeah what are you talking about i don't have to justify myself you know it as much as i do what what are you talking about my daughter was kidnapped by this man it's all and you, wh- what are you saying? He just kind of shrugs and continues just kind of 
prodding things, looking at them. Are you going to do something to help find her? Hmm? Do, do you even care that my daughter's been kidnapped? Of course. So I what, care about her. So what are you going to do about it? Get her back? Find who's responsible. And save her life. Well, I've told you who's responsible. The, we know who the man is. Uh, I don't... Why don't you go find um, anyone who he, who knows him? Um, I don't know, his family, his friends, his associates, someone who helped him do this. We have run that lead down to the end. We know who he was, his actual self, without the false identity that he presented to you. We've run that lead all the way down already, or we wouldn't be back here. Why are you back here? The man in the car. The only thing that um, every side of the investigation has in common currently is nobody knows who the man in the car was. So you keep saying that this impersonator sat in your congregation and stole your daughter. It didn't look like he took her. It looked like he sacrificed himself to give her to somebody else. So what was so important to make him do that? That's the question. And and why did he go out of his way to try to get her life-saving medication? I, I, I don't... I don't know. I... I'm sure it meant something. Maybe... Maybe he didn't want her to die. I... It doesn't make any doesn't make any sense. And what are you planning to do on Sunday? On Sunday, we're having a service here at my church, and everyone in the congregation will be saved. Everyone. Not your daughter, though, right? Blood of the Lamb and all that. If she is not present with us, I I, I fear that because she is my firstborn. And if you know your scripture and you know what the final plague is, I fear that she may become a victim like like so many others. Listen, I don't know if the three of you have been paying attention to what's happening with the rest of this community, those outside of my church. But we've, my people, I've seen it. The plagues are manifesting and they will culminate. It's been, the Lord has told me when it will happen. I am preparing my congregation and I need my daughter to be safe. And if, if you, you consider the point of view, I can't protect you either. And that's your choice. So you're sitting there telling us that we need to save your daughter so that she can be safe inside your bubble and everybody else's daughter is going to die on Sunday and you can't do anything about that. Must be scary. Mm. Nor do you think you have the responsibility to do anything about that, I assume. I, I have spent my the last three years ministering to this community. Those who have ears hear. Those who have ears and refuse, it is it is their choice. The Lord has given them a choice. If they choose to ignore what he has told me and I am sharing with them then their the blood of their children is on their hands 
not mine. How many other people do you think there are like you who believed that? I, I, I don't know. I, I don't know what you mean. I'm talking about the other people who led people to the slaughter, who led innocent people, their congregations, to their own death because they believed something different and the world kept on turning. This isn't the first time that you've done this. Listen, I don't know who you are, but clearly I am not leading my people to death. My people are being saved. I will will show the way and have shown the way to my congregation to save all of us. We will be safe. None of the plagues have touched my household or the households of any of my congregation or community. And none of them will. And what about... What's the priestess's name in Africa? Which name was that? What's the priestess's name in Africa? Oh, I... I don't recall what her name was. Uh, It was a wise, older woman I met at the foot of a holy mountain many years ago when I was young in my ministry. And I I wrote about it in my book. I've 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 shared the book with as many people as I can. I made it available to everyone to read and to understand. It's all out there, plain as day. My theology, the the messages I have been told, uh, I, I hide this from no one. She was a wise old prophet who, uh, who spoke to me and communicated to me a new message from the Lord. There was no surprise. Okay, so I've read your book, so I understand the words that you have told people that make sense in the context of your book. But on a ministry to Africa, a wise old woman finds you with a new message from God and just tells you to come back to Houston, Texas and save a hundred people with that knowledge. All of that just doesn't add up to me as a rational thinker. I don't understand how any of that adds up to you. So well, you're, you're either you're naive. He, there have been throughout history, many individuals who have been given messages from the Lord, from, from angels, burning bushes. Um, there are countless ways God has communicated with us mortals, his message your father knows this. Uh, you have, you must, surely you have faith and ears that will hear. Why? Because my father is who he is? My father can no, no more prove this to me than you can. Offer me some shred of proof that what you say is true, other than your word. All right. I, I, I can offer you this. Open your eyes. If, when you leave the grounds of this church and visit the, the community, you will see the signs. The Lord has bringing the plagues of Egypt to this place, and they are growing in strength and in effect, and they will only get worse. You can see this, I'm sure, and then you will know. I agree with all of that, except for one part. And Fred, you're just leaning next to me? She makes eye contact with you first and says, God has nothing to do with it. He he just shakes his head at you. I thought you knew that already. John, the ATF was really thinking that there were guns in your church. Are there guns in your church? Um, In the church, no. 
Um, I have a couple of, of shotguns and a rifle that I legally purchased many years ago. They're in the they're in my residence if you want to see, and I think I have one in the shelter. Okay. But no illegal guns. No, I mean they searched my house, they searched the church, they searched the shelter, they searched the whole property. Let me change the subject just a little bit. What is the Black Wind? Um, I'm. I, I don't know. Um, my understanding is it is uh, the result of the Passover angels come passing over, and the Black Wind is um, allegorical for the death that follows. Interesting. Ray's just going to kind of clap his hands together and say, well, this was a very fruitful talk. Thank you for your time, John. Um, I'm going to say something to you that someone probably hasn't said to you in a long time. You're a complete nut job. I wish you good luck in whatever you're doing. He, he sort of just looks at you with uh, caught off guard and kind of, kind of squints a little bit and shakes his head a little bit and doesn't say anything in response. I hope for her sake that we find Regina. That's what we're going to be doing. All right. He just starts shaking his head a bit and says, I, and I hope for my sake that members of my congregation find her first. All right, let's bounce. <laughs> during this this entire time, um, especially when each and every one of us was were basically grilling him, how was he reacting? To which anger, part? indignation. Um, I'd say the I took last it pretty one, much how Tom played it. Like he played it pretty like he was not scared of us. Fred has knowledge of people that that. Uh-huh. Can sometimes commit violent acts. There's, there's, there's kind of a face. There's, it can show in the voice and the face. Did that pop up? So for this, I want Fred uh, to give me a human role. I want to see. Ooh, Thirty. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'm trying to think how to con- convey this because Fred has had experience dealing with with people who are. Cause some serious psychological issues, damage. He's also got experience dealing with cult types. So, um, up to the Fred, you you see some things that are that you have seen before in those members, um, but nothing that's like a telltale or a red flag comes up in this guy. Mm. Um, he, I mean, he's there's also overlap with just religious fervor. Um, so there's there's an overlap there, but there's uh, it's it is consistent with problem people he has dealt with in his law enforcement career and his other interests. Gotcha. And Willow just sees one of the hyper zealous carbon copies of her dad. My way of the highway. He's just frustrated by that. So do you you exit the office? Willow would like. Yep. Lean down and grab all of the files and yeah. say something like, "My office will get these back to you after we make copies today." He he, uh, he breathes a deep sigh and then mutters something and says, "Just bring, please bring those back. We need those. Those are important." 
Is there yes, anything else you I... want? The truth, but you're not going to give it to us, so we'll work this from our end. Thanks. Like, super dismissive. It kind of ties it, Dorothy. Is there anything else that you think would be genuinely helpful? Just find find this man. Like I said, I will find him first. I am interested in one more thing. What's that? And she pulls out a piece of paper from her pocket that has on it that circle that she drew. Mm. Um, <laughs> yeah, and you guys probably both see this. Fred remembers the circle. Yep. So she, she holds this up and like flashes it and shows it to him and says, What does this do? I don't know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So um, you can roll human on that if you like. Yeah, absolutely. I'm really willing you to ask him something. <laughs> uh, that's a 67 over 50. Yeah, all you get from him is anger. Uh, um, but Fred, uh, you, you're, you're sensing the a little more that he, he, you know, he's intentionally being evasive. And so, if I were to say, set this up and uh, recite some kind of incantation or, or, or something like that. Uh, nothing would happen, probably. It sounds like witchcraft to me. Oh, that's very interesting, because I found it in your book. Well, there's no witchcraft in my book. Um, the, the, the witchcraft in your book begs to differ. My book pro- projects um, time and date. Time and date. Uh, for when the Passover Angel will come. Whatever you've drawn here, I don't know. It's your your own wishful fantasies about something. It's nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Have you ever considered your interpretations are only one of those that might exist from the text you were given? No. That seems awful prideful. The uh, the the prophet was very clear. Well, prophets often are. Willow physically bites her tongue. So what do you do? I think we probably leave. Fred leaves. I think we do, yeah. He's out. Un- unlock the door and, yeah. Yeah, you all step out in the living room. Mrs. Balfour's in the living room. She glares at the three of you as you go by. Um, and the, the audio guy's almost done. He's just kind of quietly cleaning things up. Uh, the sheriff is sleeping in the corner. Uh, I politely thank Mrs. Belfour for the crackers. They were delicious. <laughs> she, she doesn't respond, uh, but she just nods. All right. Do you want to exit the house? Yeah, I think after that confrontation, Dorothy's a little less warm towards Mrs. Belfour and probably like red in the face a little bit as she's leaving. Yeah. So the three of you gather outside. Uh, there's still other people here, you know. So, but you can step away from the crowd a bit and have a conference. And uh, what do you want to do? I like awkwardly pat Dorothy on the back and be like, "Something." I I didn't really expect you to jump in swinging, girl. That was that was great. <laughs> uh, I don't think she says anything at this point. She's just like clearly, like, flustered. <laughs> she did not expect any of that. Willow reading it completely wrong would be like, look, we didn't even bring the guns out. Like, it's all right. It's all right. Like, try to relax her. Oh, she looks actively more anxious. Yeah. 
Yep. I know this was uncomfortable, but playing nice was getting us nowhere. You're right. You're and right. he's doing something. Like, there's... I can tell the two of y'all agree with me. I don't even have to ask. And, like, there's some shady shit going on, and this little girl is going to get hurt. I don't know. I don't know what's happening. Yes, I think he's being evasive or shady or something, but I, I don't... Do you think the world's going to end on Sunday and he, the little girl is safer in his church than out of it? Yes or no? I think I think that that little girl is safer in our hands or in the hands of Child Protective Services than wherever she is now and certainly with this family. And uh, Willow, in the back of your head, you can almost hear George's voice say, what do you think, how do you think I would answer that question? So Willow, like, has to start processing that now so Dorothy gets less attention that she's thinking about Okay, so this is the same conclusion I came to, George. Like, you had to get the little girl out. So who would you go to with something like that? Like, the same thing Willow's been trying to figure out the whole time. It's not her. It's not any of the family she didn't know George had. It's not Dorothy. Dorothy's sitting right here beside her in as much confusion as Willow has. And so what resources would Willow have access to that... Like, she doesn't know any part of George's life outside of the little bit that she is a part of, right? And that's very professionally kind of mentory, right? But not... She doesn't have a list of people that she's calling, like that... Um, What's-his-name was alluding to, that the that, uh, Mr. Balfour was alluding to the, the people he's looking for. It's, like, it's not like Willow has this list. So she would just be scrambling in her brain, like... Who would George have trusted? But she'd probably say something like, because that would have triggered. She'd be like, who the fuck would George trust with this? Like, if it's not one of us, and she would look straight at Dorothy. If it's not one of us, and these are the only, like, I kind of know that you existed in his life. And from all, what I could tell, that's how most of the people that he knew were super compartmentalized. Like, <clears throat> there wasn't a lot of crossover. So, yeah. If we don't know, who is that person? Like, that's well, what we need to figure out. Well, I'm now reasonably confident that it's not somebody else who goes to this church. And by the way, uh, as we're talking, I think we should probably just start walking to our car and leave. Unless you guys want yep. to do something else. Yep. Okay. At this point, we're persona non grata, I would imagine, here very quickly. Yeah, as you walk away, uh, many people here that are outside just kind of just casually keep an eye, walk, watching you walk away, you know. Um, somewhere near the the street, uh, you can see the the news guy, the, the, their van's open, the ones that were just doing the interview, and they're loading up, and they're doing their thing, all right. Um, and the camera guy is complaining about something to the sound guy. The sound guy's looking at the camera guy and looking at his arm. And the, the on-air talent is sitting in the, in the passenger seat, and the AC is on. The doors are open, but the AC is on, you know, and, and she's reapplying her makeup and just doing her thing. So they, they're all just kind of unwinding out here. Um, a couple cars drive by slowly in either direction, and it's another hot, humid day here in Houston. In spite of that, when we get to the car, Willow reaches inside and pulls out her uh, DA windbreaker 
and makes sure that she turns and has her back facing towards the van, puts it on it before she gets in. Just nice big target. I, I kind of want to go talk to them. Like, I'm kind of interested to get their vibe or their take on on, uh, on John mostly, but on this whole situation. Yeah, so who do you want to talk to? Uh, I think the audio guy to start with. Excellent. Um, it, what should we call the audio guy? Huh? Uh, Donnie? Donnie works for me. Okay. Yeah. So he 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 glances up, um, and you, you look that Donnie's got like a, a first aid kit right now. When you interrupt him, and he's wrapping some gauze around the camera guy, we'll call him like what David. Sure, <laughs> yes. that works. Yeah. Yep. And he's he's patching up some 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 injury that David's got on his arm. What uh, is everything okay? So Donnie's a little bit caught off guard. Yeah, 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 man. Um, it's all good. Uh, all right. Um, I was just curious. Uh, we saw you guys in there. Um, we're working on this case. Uh, I'm working with the FBI, and we have a joint oh. task force with the DEA. And uh, I was curious to get your opinions about um, the situation, about the Balfour family, um, that kind of thing. Hmm. Do you have a moment? Uh, you guys want to be interviewed? Uh, no, if it's okay. We'd like to keep it off the record oh man um i don't know if we can really help you then i mean if uh you know uh quid pro quo you know how it goes right um uh, hey it just vanessa he says and then, and then the, the talent slinks out at the front yeah and she she smiles over and wanders over and goes straight over to you dorothy and offers her hand um, she's a very pretty on-air personality, local reporter here from the local ABC affiliate. Still made up, you know, still, still looking camera appropriate. And she's um, lo- lovely to meet you, I'm Vanessa. Uh, what's your name? Uh, hi, I'm Dorothy. Dorothy Somerset. Are you with the FBI? I am, yes. Excellent. Um, would you mind just a few questions? Uh, I I don't want to be um, interviewed at this moment for for any kind of um, anything that would air uh, right well, now. We'll, we'll keep it off the record then. And she looks over at, at, at David, and he just kind of shrugs a bit. So are me and Fred at the car? And like we can see. You guys want to be there at the car? So I kind of want to be at the car, so we could just like look across the like roof at each other and like kind of look over and see. If, we think she could handle it or not. Like, yep. I'm pretty okay at the moment, but it's kind of like, I just want to have that exchange. Like, let's see if she can handle this shit. Like, she's doing fine right now. Well, I'll tell you what, if we keep it off the record, no, no video, no audio recordings, just a conversation between you and me. Right, would you be I, willing to be an unnamed source? At this point, uh, I can't. Oh, well, we, I could really use an unnamed source on this story. Well, uh, what, can you, what can you tell me? What can you offer in exchange? Quid pro quo and all that. Oh, well, well they, found, they found the rental car. We got a couple of, of leads. So we've got a hotline with the station. We've got plenty of people calling in as well. There's a big reward. A lot of people are giving us some hints. Um, so we've noticed, we've let Houston PD know about that. But um, other things, I know we, we, we hear a lot, 
we're here at the household. Um, I'm a, I'm on assignment here, so I'm I'm kind of stuck here all day, and this is weather is brutal. It's uh, very hot. I'd rather be in the house, frankly, but um, there's only so much you can ask that uh, that lovely preacher fellow. Uh, decent father. He seems like a good guy. Great for the television, the cameras. The people love him. He's he's very presentable. Good for sound bites. Um, I'm talking way too much. Um, what, what what? Tell me what what do you think about his his philosophy? What do you think about his church? She looks around. Like honestly, oh, they're um, they're they're lovely um, people, and her eyes kind of like eyebrows go up, like uh, you no, know, oh, they're lovely people, they're great, they're wonderful, salt of the earth, um, you know, they they watch our show, they're fantastic people, and her, her eyes are telling a different story. Mm-hmm. Okay, Dorothy's just nodding. Um, I already know about the rental car and that situation. Um, but we're we're looking to sort of find out if um, anybody around here might be, um, you know, might be involved in some way. And by around here, I mean both here at at this church and also in the community. You're you're a member of the community. You know, you um, uh, being being a news anchor, being uh, a broadcaster, you you must know a lot of people. I'm not. I'm I'm just I'm a field reporter. Oh, sure. Okay. Well, sorry. My bad. But be, being a field reporter, you obviously talk to a lot of people. All the time. What can you tell me about who might have something, you know, who might have it out for this church or for or for the Balfours? I, I, I would just be speculating. I don't really have any solid information for you. I was kind of hoping that, you know, you being an FBI agent and an unnamed source on this report could give me a scoop on who some of the possible suspects are, the leads are that we should be looking into. I mean, is it possible that this is some kind of um, interstate uh, kidnapping? You know, like, uh, are, they, are they, are they moving? Is she going to move to Mexico with other, other small children? Are there, are there a lot of, there are other kidnappings that happen we haven't linked any of them together. But I mean, our viewers are very much concerned that maybe their children will be next. You know that I can't comment on anything like that. Uh, so there's nothing um, off the record you could tell me. Are there other kidnappings happening in this area that we don't know about? As far as I know, I I don't believe so. We've also had a lot of reports about weird um, plagues happening. What what uh, what do you mean plagues? I mean just like down Ebola. Oh no no! Have you noticed some of the farms around here? There, um, some livestock have been dying, and people are saying there were uh, oh, there were like a whole bunch of frogs at huh. the Walmart yesterday, and people were saying that's that's from the Bible. And of course, you know, our, our minister fellow, he's just he's really leaning into the the whole biblical plague thing. So are frogs really a plague? Um, she looks over at, at um, the camera guy, and he just starts nodding. He goes, "Yep." And Dorothy's like, "Huh? I never would have guessed." She's a um, Catholic thing. Oh, okay, gotcha. What 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 other kinds of stuff has been happening? Is it just frogs and some dead animals? Oh, so, so far, but um, supposedly, if it uh, if like it keeps up, it could be like storms and hail and darkness and really horrible things like that. But I mean, that's a little bit that would be crazy. 
So I don't really know. That's that's a little too much. I, I, I'm not saying that, obviously, but but we are going to report about that later on this evening. That's a possibility, just between us. Um. Well, you know, today is Friday the 13th, so... Oh, yes, yes. I mean, which which really <laughs> really exasperates. People are really much into this sort of thing today, right? They do love it. Do you have any time to speak on air about, you know, Friday the 13th and, and, and curses and plagues? I could do a, a two-minute segment. Uh, Dorothy really wants to, but <laughs> I think she's got to say no. <laughs> Uh, uh, shit. Um, I, I guess I could say something, but, but two minutes, that's all. She kind of looks back at the van and she's, or not the van, but the, the car. And she's seeing like, they're, they're looking at you from inside that vehicle and Fred is shaking his head. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, uh, hang on one second. Let, Let me go. Confer with my colleagues, and she'll she'll walk up to the car, and right. uh, and she'll she you know you roll the window down or whatever, and she'll say, uh, they want me to do like uh like a two minute spot talking about Friday the Thirteenth and curses and plagues. Willow's just like shit. What? I I, I don't need to, but I don't know. I mean, like I'm just kind of get in the car, Dorothy. All right, all right. Fine. She points at the back seat. She'll just she'll just straight up get in. She's not gonna go say goodbye yeah. or anything. She's just gonna get no. in. That kind of snorts. He finds the whole situation really funny. It's amazing. Right, Fred, uh, you drive away. Where do you want to go and get some conversation in the car? Obviously, about what you want to do next as you drive. He asks, "Where do we want to go?" Willow's just like, fuck, this is, I don't know. I don't know necessarily where to go at the moment, but that was some shit that was not ideal in the least. Yeah, I'll say. But, I mean, honestly, like, I don't know. I mean, I've got a lot of admiration for the way that you both just took it, took control of that situation back there. That was, that was something else to watch. Well, let me ruin that for you, because what you saw was me trying to keep from shooting him. Oh. oh. Yeah, that was, it was the other kind of control, not what you think you saw. She kind of gets quiet. That would have been very bad. Yeah. Well, so, let's say you're driving Fred, I'm in the, well, I'm in like the front and back seat. Of the passenger side. Oh, God. So, like, kind of just look at Fred and just... Look, I got the impression that... No, I don't have the impression. I know you're here to cover up. You're a fed. It's your job. I don't know what you're covering up, and I don't give a shit. But I'm going to continue helping you to do that, because... Whatever George was doing was important enough that... He obviously put his life on the line all the way to the end. And I don't want people misconstruing that before I know what happened. He kind of turns um, probably while driving. um, Looks at you and gives you a weird look. Almost like a half smile. She's used to that look. Looks for me. 
Well, so, yeah, go ahead. Sorry. I don't know that we figured out much. Did we came come up with any new information there? I think so. The... We did. Okay. I think the biggest thing that stuck out to me was Child Protective Services. I don't know if that's anything we heard before. They took her away for three weeks. And get this, it happened three years ago, right around the time that Zach Nowitzki started going to the church. And to hear the father, yeah, to hear the father tell it, it's because of Zach Nowitzki. Well, he, he seemed to be more under the impression that the, the problems they were suffering, the, the Child Protective Services, the ATF, the DEA, were because of the government. You know, broad and, and vaguely just the government. But this Zach Nowinski guy, I think, you know, George, right? That's, we're all in agreement. That's obviously George. Obviously George. Mm-hmm. I think he probably only suspects him of having kidnapped his daughter. But obviously, George was working with somebody else. We need to figure out who. They're just one piece of information away from this conclusion. And that is that Zach Nowinski is George. And George is a DEA agent. When those two pieces fall into place for them, all bets are off. Especially... I know Fred saw this, but... uh... There's more of a militant angle than I thought originally. The yeah. way he was speaking of his parishioners finding him first. I think there's definitely uh, some militant thinking inside of this cult mentality. Yeah. Something I've seen before. I assume they you have. find this person first, we might not be able to talk to them. Well, the person they're looking for is George. George leads them... Doesn't lead them to the person they want, which is the person in the car. The same person we want. It leads them to me and Dorothy and whoever the hell else was in George's life that helped him investigate people exactly like them. Do you guys... Go ahead. Honestly, do you guys think something's going to happen on Sunday? Absolutely not. I think something's going to happen on Sunday, but it's not what you think. I don't know what I think. They have weapons. Yeah, yeah, no, but, like, I don't know. Maybe I'm getting all popped up over nothing, but, like, these things we've been seeing, these 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 plagues, I don't know. I don't know what else to call them, but in order, un- unless it's just coincidence, is it possible it's just coincidence? I'm pretty sure it is. Five times mm. in a row? Yeah. How about this? Complete the circle. Or whatever the hell you said that you didn't do. Do that. Dorothy looks from Willow to uh, Fred, who's driving. And then He's back to Willow. He just quickly gives like, a look in the, in the mirror. What, uh, what like kind a, of look? Like piercing eyes. Okay. Um, well, I think I think she uh, she looks down, and uh, and she's got her hands in her lap, and she's just sort of thinking, and um, maybe like twiddling her thumbs or something like that. And 
and she says, Willow, what do you think? And, and I mean this. What do you think would happen if somebody did that? Whatever that is, that ritual. And, Absolutely and, nothing. Okay. That's right, because it's witchcraft doesn't exist. No, I'm not saying witchcraft doesn't exist. Um, I'm not does. saying that humans haven't come up with ways of explaining science for a very long time. But I don't imagine that that circle written in a book that was plagiarized by an American from somebody in Africa that was probably written by somebody, you know, that's the kind of stuff I don't believe in. Because those kinds of logic trains don't prove to be fruitful in the end. At best case scenario for most of them is we learn how to explain them with science. Well, in the interest of transparency and because we're in this together and we're getting to know each other, I will tell you that I have seen witchcraft do things, real things, tangible things before. And I don't know. I don't know what might happen if, if somebody, you know, whether it was, you know, John Balfour or, or anybody else performed whatever this is. But I don't think it would do nothing. I think it would do something. And that might just be my fear. But I don't know. So you would definitely get, like, big eyes when you said that you've seen it, right? Because yep. Willow has some baseline respect for you already, especially after the last couple of 30 minutes or so. And, but... 100% her scientific mind would kick in. Then let's try it. I, I I can't say that I believe you, but I respect your opinion. And even if I didn't, George does. And that's enough for me to shut up and listen to what you have to say. So let's try it. Like, or, well, okay. And her brain's like, I got ahead of myself. What, in your opinion, is the worst that could happen? Uh, I don't even know if I could go into that. Uh, Willow's I, like full scientific mode now, right? Like this is a freaking experiment, and it's like, the uh, what are what are the possible negative outcomes? What are the possible positive outcomes? Possible. Fred. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. What 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 is Fred doing? What does he look like? What does he does he say anything? He's a block of ice. Okay. Just chilling, driving down the freeway. Yep. Hey, Fred, Fred, Sandy for me. Who? That just Fred? Yeah, just Fred. Fred. I probably would have mentioned something about my house, by the way. Fred, we should be going there. And 98. <laughs> uh, this conversation, Fred, brings back a memory as you're driving. Um, and you can go ahead and describe to us a, 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 something that flashes back through your head as they're discussing this nonchalantly about doing this ritual. And this is not a Sandy loss. This is really just, it's bringing back memories. Mm, probably being next to someone just during a moment, and the next moment seeing them collapse from the inside. 
after seeing strange floating lights, symbols carved on surfaces, trees, rocks. And it took maybe half a second and then it was done. And how does Fred respond as he remembers that? He just slams on the brake without saying anything. The loud sound of the squeal of the brakes and all of you go forward in your seats and the seatbelts catch you. And look at Fred. Oh, what the hell, Fred? He kind of looks in the mirrors, kind of looks outside. Is, is everything okay? What What happened? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm fine. Everything's fine. Sorry about that. Okay. Thought I hit a pothole or a piece of something. Uh oh. All right. Yeah. Well, it just kind of rubs her shoulder. <sighs> Everyone good? Yeah. Yeah. And we fade out here. Your story 